every year, Starbucks, uh, the, the coffee company, the, that, that they have Starbucks and Starbucks all over the place. Um, every year, Starbucks comes out with a, uh, a Christmas cup. So every year, um, they redesign their normal white cup with their logo with some kind of a Christmas theme to it. They might put uh, Happy Holidays on it or, or like put like some trees or some snowmen or something. Every year they do this and they have some kind of an idea of just a, a, a new cup. Well, in 2015, when they came out with this new cup, uh, they went for a little bit different design. They did a little bit of a minimalistic design to it. All they did to the cup was they made it red. They put a red cup and a green Starbucks logo on it. And they said that was their Christmas cup. Now, we hear that and it's, okay, Father, why are you talking about a cup? What's the big deal about a cup? Um, there, whenever this got released and people started seeing that Starbucks just went with a red cup for their Christmas, for their Christmas decoration, um, people lost their minds on the internet. This is an attack against Christmas. This is a way that they're trying to show off. They're trying to pull, pull all kind of faith out of Christmas, attack on Christmas, blah, blah, blah. and like people blew up this idea. You had some people that were absolutely on edge about the fact that the cup didn't have anything that, that said Christmas or didn't say holidays, it said nothing on it. And on the other side, you had a bunch of people that were saying, yeah, it actually looks kind of cool and it, it's, a cool, it's a cool idea and it's a good design. And these two sides, these two factions, basically, like on social media, it just blew up. After it started to blow up on social media, it found its way into mainstream media. So Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, whichever one you watch, all of them at some point picked up a story about a red Christmas cup. In 2015, it made national news. If there is ever a reason, like if I know as we're looking back and reflecting on this, it is one of the most menial things in the world. It's one of the most, it's like the least important thing in the world is what color is, is Starbucks cup? What does the design of Starbucks cup look like? Because the reality is, the coffee inside tastes bad, right? But ultimately, like, it, it, just, it, it was something to get angry about. I've said this before, um, and you may have heard me say it. If you heard me say it, I'm sorry. But I, I think if there's ever a, a something that kind of shows what our culture is like, uh, this situation proves to me, um, as well as a lot of things that have happened since 2015, that our world, our culture, overall, is addicted to outrage. We love to be angry about something. We love to be up in arms about something. And right now, as we get closer to a presidential election, as we deal with the, the coronavirus and, and the pandemic and all the things about it, we love to be angry and motivated and want to yell about something. My question is, and this is as a culture, right? My question is, what place should our church fit in this culture of outrage? What place, what way should we as a church operate in this culture? Should we as a church look like, sound like, and act like the outrage culture? Or should we as a church look, sound, and act like Jesus does. You see, today in our scriptures, both our first reading and our gospel, they, they talk about calling out wickedness, calling out wrongdoing, and doing it in the proper way. 
Our church in moral theology, and one of the best ways for us to explain how it is that we as a church are supposed to operate in this culture, in our world, is that anything and everything we do is supposed to uphold two principles. Truth. We need to proclaim the truth. We, need to, we know the truth. We believe the truth. And we need to tell people when the truth is being offended. And love. So not only is the content truth, but the way we go about it, it is out of love for the other. Let me explain it. Let me, let me break it open with today's scriptures. Our first reading today, Ezekiel. He's talking about calling out the wickedness of the other, and and the prophet says, his prophetic voice is that you're supposed to go out, and when you call out wickedness, you you could watch the person burn from far. You could watch the person mess up. If we really think about it, how often do we sit back and we're seeing our, our kids, or we're seeing a coworker just on their way to messing up? We know it, but we don't do anything to stop them. The Lord saying, the, the prophet is saying today, God is saying through the words of the prophet, that we have a responsibility when we see something bad happening, when we see wickedness taking place, that we should reach out. That we should approach it and give truth. We should share the truth of the teaching that we have in our church. Now we go about it a certain way. And in, in, in the, with the whole cup controversy of 2015, right? When there was a priest that came out and he said, he, was, he released a video that I think hit to the core of the whole thing, that, that he said Christians were really, really upset about this whole idea that this cup didn't say Christmas, or, or that there was this war on Christmas, or there was this war on, this, on, the, on the whole thing. Like it just kind of meant it passively. And he made a point. He said, what, how do we as Christians reveal that God became man? We shouldn't have to rely on a cup. And he, he, goes, he pushed it a little bit further and he said, you know, we can get outraged. We can get into this kind of worldly argument. But in reality, what, at the end of our life, when we stand before God, God is going to ask us a very, very simple question. Did you love me? And we, the way we answer that question cannot be, well, you know what? I shared this meme about that politician. I, I, I voted this way. I, 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 was fight, I fought against the atheism of my day. I fought against the relativism of my day. I, tried, I, 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 I was against this. I was against that. I, I, I preached against this. I worked against that. At the end of our life, God's going to look at us, and if that's all we got, He's going to say, yeah, 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 that's great. But did you love me? That's great that you didn't that you didn't give in to this, but did you love me? See, our, our words of truth cannot just be what we're against, but our words of truth are meant to be, are meant to reveal what it is that and who it is that we live for. The other part that we hear today, so we have the truth, but that truth alone is simply judgment. It has to be balanced with love. And today in our Gospel, we hear Jesus talk about how it is that you go to correct somebody. So we got the content, we got the what we're supposed to do, we're supposed to correct, we're supposed to call out wickedness in the prophet of Ezekiel, and then Jesus says, he doubles down and he says, this is how you do it. 
Jesus says when you go, when you go to somebody, when you go to your brother, bring one, go alone. Now think about that. Go alone. Speak directly to the person. If somebody has offended you, don't blast it out on social media of all their faults and all their issues. But instead, go to them directly. Jesus says go to one person. Go, go to this person by yourself. Then go with another person just to have a little bit of help and a little bit of another perspective. And then if you have to, bring it before the church. Ask the church, how am I supposed to handle this? And if at the end of it, the person still doesn't change what they're doing or doesn't apologize, doesn't repent, then treat them as a Gentile or a tax collector. Now I know when I hear that, usually when I would hear that, I would think, Treat them as a Gentile or a tax collector. I know like in, the, in Jesus' time, Gentiles and tax collectors were kind of shunned. They were pushed out of the community. They were just thrown aside and we're going to ignore them and keep living our life. But I don't think that's what Jesus is saying. Because the person who wrote today's Gospel, Matthew, was a tax collector. So when he says treat them as a Gentile or a tax collector, what I believe Jesus is actually getting at is saying complete, don't, don't bother yourself with it, but continue to remain open to showing them mercy. Continue to be open to them. Don't cut them off. Don't shun them. Don't get angry and, and, and hold a grudge. But instead, continue to be open to showing them mercy as well. Truth and charity. There was a, uh, there's a, uh, Penn Jillette is a, uh, is a magician slash like stage actor, comedian kind of guy. Um, it's uh, Penn and Teller, the, the, the old, you might have seen like videos or, or different things about them. Uh, they, they had the stage act for a long time. Penn's this really, really big guy, beard, big, like long ponytail. Um, really, really boisterous kind of personality. Teller is his sidekick who never speaks, and they do like this, this stage show. They were in Vegas for a long time, and, and they, they became pretty famous. Well, Penn is a known atheist. He's somebody that over the course of his life has continued to talk about atheism and continued to say he doesn't believe in God. He doesn't, he, he's not attacking anybody on it, but he just doesn't believe in God. We pray for him, Right? Well, there's a story. He, he, in 2010, he was doing a show, and somebody showed up after the show. And, and there's, they usually stand out, and they sign autographs, or they'll, they'll thank people, to shake hands, those kind of things. And this guy was waiting in the back, and this guy was just standing there, and he was holding a book. So Penn walks up to him, and, he, and the guy's very, very polite. And, man, I, I was at the show, and it, it was really good, and I, I thank you for everything. And it was, it was a fantastic time, and it was funny, and I really appreciate it. I, I, I like your art, and I like your thing. Penn thank you, thank you. And the guy says, he goes, you know what, I, I just, I, I, I've been reflecting on it all night, and something is telling me to give this to you. And it was, a, it, was a new it was a small version of the Bible with just the New Testament and the Psalms. And he had wrote a little note on the inside with like the contact number for his church and a couple of other things. And, and he puts it in, and he, he says, I know you're an atheist, but I just felt like I needed to give this to you. Most of the time, an atheist would just be like, I, I don't really need that, man. Like, I, I appreciate it. No, no thank you. At best, right? At worst, it's quit, get out, leave me alone, and push the person away. But Penn 
Penn Jillette did a little video afterwards reflecting on it, and he thought about it. He said, the guy was a, a good man. The guy was coming with love, and he was coming completely like Jesus is saying. He was coming with love and upholding the truth, and he was coming to just share what the, his relationship with Jesus and trying to give it to someone else. Trying to offer it to someone else. And if, if he was, in fact, Penn Jillette was not like upset by this. He was more impressed. And one of the things he said that I think it, it, when I heard about this, it, it just struck me really, really hard. He said, if a Christian believes in heaven and they believe that the Bible has the words for them to get to heaven and they believe in the truth that, that they believe that that is truth, how much would they have to hate somebody to not share it? Think about that. If we believe our faith gives us the truth, if we believe that what we have in the church is a true bridge to God, where God meets man in the prayer of the church, where God meets man in the sacraments, in, in the Word of God, when, when God meets man in everything that we believe and all the truth that we proclaim, if we truly believe that this is our bridge to heaven to eternal paradise, to bliss, at the end of our life, how much must we dislike somebody or hate somebody to not share it? Today, we're called as Christians to go above that kind of sin of omission, the sin of, of not doing something, right? We're called to buy, being compelled by the Holy Spirit. We're called being compelled by the sacrament that we receive today and being sent out to uphold our faith in both truth and in charity. Not just truth, because that's judgment. And not just a compassion that actually doesn't stand for anything. You do you kind of mindset. We are called to uphold both. And if we really reflect on it, if we really think about it, both is the living a life with both becomes an antidote to the, to the argumentative outrage culture, cancel culture that we have today in our world. Can we live our faith both in truth and with charity? Can we reveal to those around us the truth of our faith while meeting them where they are and not rejecting them for where they are not? Today, we are called to live out a faith that is bold and that is gentle. To live out a faith that is, that is rooted in the strong foundation of our teaching and that is one that is easily accessible and palpable. May we live our faith in truth and with charity. And may we be the antidote to a culture that is addicted to outrage.